You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Scripture for the sermon title that I have is called Return to Me. Return to Me. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. I was reading Ephesians um, this week as I was studying. I was in Samuel and, and, and reading through Ephesians and and then as I was studying yesterday for the sermon, I came back across Ephesians, came back across this scripture, and I said, okay, God, you, you highlighted it earlier in the week. I've come across it again um, on Saturday, and, and so I think you're trying to definitely speak to me and hopefully speak to you as well. Verse 19 says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God. Now, this is a bigger, this is a smaller part of a bigger prayer that Paul is praying over the Gentile church, over the church of Ephesus. And part of this prayer is that he wants you to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Last week, we talked about the word that I feel like God gave me for my year is intimacy. In the scripture of Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the first part of it, verse part A, says to know him. That God, I feel like, has been encouraging me and speaking to me. I had uh, I was talking to Pastor Derek um, earlier this week, Wednesday maybe, Wednesday, Thursday, and we, we were talking about a couple different things, and, and, uh, and we were talking about the year and talking about the church and talking about his church, and, um, and on like Tuesday night, I had this dream, and, uh, and I was telling him just kind of roundabout, like, oh yeah, I remember that I had this part of a dream and uh, I said, I don't feel like it was spiritual. I, I don't, you know, I was, I was hungry in the dream, and I, I just kind of explained it. And he said, stop right there. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I want you to write it all down. I want you to send it to me. And his wife, Jen, has done some studies with dreams, and, and uh, she's very prophetic and stuff like that. She said, so send me the dream uh, of what you had, and I'll have her look at it and, and see what the Lord reveals to her. So she sent back uh, this breakdown of, of what the dream meant. Of, of, and so just over the last couple of, of days, at the beginning of the year, as I've been praying and I've been fasting and I've been, I've been praying and reading the scriptures and, and just kind of putting my heart and my attention to focusing on the intimacy of God. I want to know you this year. I want to show you that I want to know you. I want to consecrate myself. I want to take time at the first week of the year to know you that I may know him. And it says here, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Knowing God or, or knowing the love of God starts with the decision to return to God. Now, it depends. You can, there's different levels of returning to God. It could be that it's your first time. You, you've never accepted God ever in your life. You've, you've been running from Him. You've been ignoring Him. You've been denying Him. And, and it's that salvation, that first salvation moment where you decide to return to God for the first time. But then as we grow in our Christianity... Sometimes it can get stagnant. Sometimes it can get tiring. Sometimes we can go through life and find that we have drifted away. For those in marriage for a long time, you can say amen to that. You just run the same road over and over and over again. You're working. You're taking care of kids. You're bringing them to school. You're going to work. You watch the game. You go to church. You do this. You do that. And then you realize 
oh, it's been forever since we've had a date night. It's been forever since we've talked. It's been forever since we've, we've done this or we've done that. And we've got to return to each other. We've got to get back on the same page. And the same is true when it comes to Christianity. You get so busy, we talked about this, you get so busy being a servant of God that you forget that you're also a friend and a child of God. To spend time with Him, to sit at His feet, to enjoy Him in His presence, to return to Him. So what a great start and decision to 2024 to return to God. I believe that God is calling out to you. He's calling out to me to return to Him. You might already be close with Him, and that's great, but I believe that there's an even deeper level of intimacy. There's even a deeper level of knowing the love of God that's available to us this year. You see, his plan all the way since Adam and Eve sinned was to figure out a way for humanity to return to him. He wanted to get humanity back in with him, talking back to him. After Adam and Eve had sinned, what did they do? They ran away from God. They hid from God. They covered themselves from God. Whenever sin happened, what did God do? He returned to man. Adam, where are you? What's going on? What happened? But it's mankind, it's humanity's just kind of innate thing with God to run from him, to hide from him. And all God wants to do is have you return to him. Come back to me. All throughout the scriptures, we see that he talks about this calling of returning to me. It says, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That word passes means to surpass, to go past, which means all the knowledge that we have in the world, all the books that we could write about the love of God can't even contain how great the love of God is. But me being from Louisiana and not from the brightest of states, not from the smartest of states, it also makes me excited that if I have limited knowledge, if I have limited understanding, that if I get to know God, he'll reveal, even though I don't know how to understand it, I don't know how to experience it, that he will show me his love. Aren't you glad that it can pass the knowledge that you have? You might think you know the love of God, but there's more that he's calling you. There's more that he wants to show you. There's more that he wants you to experience. It would not be a fun religion. Christianity would not be fun if you could only go to level 10. We made it there. And we're done. And now I've got 40 more years to just stay here. Imagine if you're playing a video game and you just got to play level one over and over and over and over again. And that was the game, just level one. But the exciting thing for me when I was a kid and I was playing Mario is that there were eight worlds. And each world had ten levels and castles and mushroom houses. And I could just keep going on this journey and go deeper and deeper and deeper to experience the love of God. And then in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, there's a blessing attached to knowing the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Look, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So when I return to God, when I experience and know the love of Christ, then there's a blessing that happens that I get filled. Not only do I get to know the love of God, then I'm filled not with some of, not just with a little bit, but with all the fullness 
of God. The word fullness in the original text is pleroma, P-L-E-R-O-M-A. And in, in a descriptive sense, it means a ship filled with sailors, rowers, soldiers, filled with freight, and filled with merchandise. The way that he's describing it is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's like a boat that has all of these extra pieces in there. It's not just all sailors. It's not just all merchandise. There's merchandise, and there's rowers, and there's sailors. There's all these different pieces that fill that boat. But also the definition, specifically in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, means this. The body of believers, as that which is filled with the presence of the power, the agency, the riches of God and Christ. How beautiful is that? You hear the fullness of God, and you have this limited understanding. I'll be filled with all the fullness of God. The first thing that comes to my mind is like a jug of milk. Well, the, the jug is filled all the way to the top. Well, there's the fullness of God. Look how full it is. But no, no, it's a you remember as a kid uh, when you got the, uh, the little um, plastic, it was like a heart or a, a long triangle, and you had different colors of sand, and you'd pour the sand in, and you'd make all these designs, and then your brother, once you got done with it, when he got mad at you, he'd shake it all up, you'd go cry to your parents. That didn't happen to me. It's just a story I heard once, um, but it's all these levels, all these different colors, that are placed in there, the fullness of God in companies that you have, you may uh, be filled with the fullness. You may be filled with the presence. You may be filled with, with the power of God in Christ. You may be filled with the agency or the riches. And it starts with returning to Him, returning to God. All throughout the Old Testament, the prophets received this revelation from God as He delivered it to the Israelites in Joel chapter 2, verse 13. Joel, a minor prophet, says, So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Look at this. For he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger. And look at this. Of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3, a different minor prophet gets, another, gets the same revelation from God. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts. This is God telling the prophet to tell the people, return to me, says the Lord of hosts. And look at this, and I will return to you. There's this yearning, there's this calling, there's this burden upon God's heart where he's calling out to humanity. He's calling out to his people, come back to me. Return to me. If you come back to me, then I have something for you. I want to show you something. I want to bless you with something. I want to have encounters with you. I want to talk with you. I want to love on you. I want you to experience and know who I am. And it starts with coming back to me. God is not trying to push you away. He's calling you deeper. A major prophet, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22. Look at this. I have blotted out like a thick cloud, your transgressions. Praise God for that. And like a cloud, your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Jesus is talking to one of his disciples, jumping into the New Testament in the Gospels. In Luke 22, verse 31, he's talking to Peter. 
And the Lord says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But look at verse 32. But I've prayed for you. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And look at this. And when you have returned to me, there's a job I need you to do. Strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. When you return to me, there's something important that I need you to do. And that's to tell people about the goodness of God. About what God has done for you. About how God has changed you. About how God has shown you his love. About that now you know. My pastor always talks about it. And, and, and he has a, a knowledge of the love of God. And everybody has a grandmother who loves God. And, and she'll tell you how much God loves you. Hopefully you had a good praying mama as well. That would tell you how good, but there's something special when you know, when you have an experience so that you can tell other people about how good God is and the fullness that you're walking in. And Jesus says, I've prayed for you, full well knowing he was going to fail, already working an escape route and already working a way back to him. Hey, I've prayed for you, praying that your faith won't fail, you won't deny me. But if you do, because you probably will, then come back to me and strengthen the brethren. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that amazing? God is praying for us before we sin. It says in the scriptures that you won't be tempted more than you can, and he's going to make a way for you to get out of that sin. But if you do sin, it says that the righteous, he'll pick up the righteous. Even though you fall by the wayside, he'll pick you up and he'll help you. He's helping you along the way, every step of the way, that your path may be full of his abundance. And even if I fall, his abundant grace is there to help me get back up and go back to the job and the calling that he has for me. Return to me. And when you do strengthen the brethren, last time I was in Dallas, last year sometime, um, I went to Pastor Derek and Jen's church and uh, afterwards, me and a, a, a friend of ours, um, he's come before one of the, the worship leaders, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to come this year as well. I said, hey, there's a restaurant that I used to go to. It's called the Latin Pig. Great little hole-in-the-wall Cuban restaurant. Best Cubanos in Dallas, Texas. They, had a, 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 they have a Cuban soda that's called Iron Beer, and they call it a Fruity Dr. Pepper. So you drink that Iron Beer that fruity Dr. Pepper with that Cubano, and then they have these, the coffee there, and they have these wonderful little pastries. I said, let me take you to Latin Pig. I said, I haven't been there in forever. So we go there, and, uh, and we're eating, and we're talking Sunday lunch, and, and we're the last table in there, and uh, the owner, the lady, the, the mom, the chef, she comes out, and she said, I just want to say thank you for, for coming to, to the restaurant. I said, I want, to tell, I want to say thank you to you for what you're cooking and what you're doing. I said, I, I haven't been here in like four or five years. I said, I've, I've moved away. I said, but I haven't been able to find Cuban food like yours. I said, I brought a friend of mine to experience it for the first time. And so then she starts almost crying right there. And she says, she says thank you so much. She said, this is why we have the restaurant open, to hear stories like this, that, that you would come back after all these years, and you could go anywhere in Dallas, and you came here to our little restaurant to eat, and I just appreciate it so much. And I said, I'll be back whenever I can, and I'll bring whoever I can. 
God is so excited when you return to him, when you come back to him. You've been running and you've been so busy and you're not necessarily sinning. You're just so caught up in the busyness of life. But when you take time out of your schedule and say, God, this is devoted to you. And you know what? I brought my wife with me. I brought my kids with me. I brought my friends with me. I brought them to you because you're so good and you've taken care of us so much. Return to me. And Revelations chapter 2 verse 4, as John is writing, he writes about the church of Ephesus. And he writes this, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. You left your first love. You left your first love. Come back to me. It's the church of Ephesus. There's so much that has happened in Ephesus, and there's so much history that's happened there. As John gets this revelation of these churches that Jesus is speaking about. And one of them, even there, and even now in 2024, God is calling the church. God is calling the pastors. God is calling those in ministry. God is calling those in the pews. Return to me. There's plenty of open seats because God is still calling out to people. Return to me. Come back and experience and know the love of Christ. I just want to highlight a couple more scriptures. And I want to highlight the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene's a perfect example to follow how she just kept returning to Jesus. The more she encountered Jesus, the, the more she came to know the love of God and experience the fullness of God. And she just couldn't get away from him. In Luke chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, now it came to pass afterwards that, after, that Jesus went through every city and every village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. What a great thing for that to come to your village, come to your city. That we're believing in 2024 that the presence of Jesus is going to come into Williston. And what he's going to bring and what the churches are going to bring is preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God to Williston. Amen? I'll believe it. You believe it too. And the 12 were with him. Look at verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had seven demons. Talk about a transformation. Talk about a first encounter. This woman who has met many of men throughout her life has gone to probably many of doctors throughout her life. And finally, she meets a man. Her first encounter with Jesus and she's healed, she's restored, she's made whole. And seven, it's a whole bunch of them, cast seven demons out of her. The restoration that happened in her life. The, the importance of the first encounter. Do you remember the, the first time you saw your spouse? You might have to go way back in your memory. I remember one of the first times that I can remember seeing Maddie, she was dating another guy. What a jerk. Ridiculous. She just didn't hear from God. We were at Bible school, and uh, there was the men's dorm. It's an old hotel room. It's 10, 10 stories high. And they had like a, a, a room downstairs and tables and chairs where the guys and girls could hang out. Um, and I remember walking into the men's dorm and there was a group of people that were playing like a board game. And uh, I knew one of the guys at the table, and he called me over, and I walked over there. And there, 
according to me, not according to Maddie, but according to me, snuggled up on the sofa was this beautiful girl with this weird-looking guy. And I saw her, and instantly I fell in love with her, and instantly I know she fell in love with me. I thought, why? In my mind, I thought, why is she with that guy? And I talked to the to my friends and and moved on about my day. And eventually, they broke up over the summer. Well, over the summer, we had to move out of our dorm rooms because of the youth for the nations. They did their youth camp, and they used all of the men's dorms. So we had to move into another area of dorms on the other side of campus. And I was a RA at the time, and so we monitored people as they were coming and going at night for room checks and things like that. And um, there was this guy that would come in after work, and, and me and this other RA, we would, we would be checking people's badges as they would come in, making sure they were coming back from work and all that. And I ended up counseling this guy who my wife broke up with because he was so heartbroken that this girl would break up with him over the summer. And I didn't know Maddie at the time. I was just telling her. I was just telling him. There's such a better woman out there for you. Forget about her. She's nothing. God has such a better plan for you. But what I didn't know is that God was working on her to prepare her for me and me for her as well. But do you remember the first encounter with your spouse? Do you remember the first encounter of going to the best restaurant you've ever been to? If you've ever been to Disney, I remember when I went to Disney at 10 years old. The first time I remember you go through the ticketing gate and you go down Main Street, and you turn on the Main Street, and there's Cinderella's Castle. The first time you ate your best meal, the first encounter, the power of the first encounter, the first time you met Jesus, the first time you experienced his love, the first time you experienced his peace. Just like Mary Magdalene, you were sick, you were dead, you were rotten, you were tired, you were worn out. And you came to church and you had this encounter with Jesus that changed your life forever. If I'm being honest, that's why we're doing this fundraiser. That's why we're cleaning up this church. Because I want people, when they come into this church, to have an encounter with God and there be no distractions. There's nothing that's hindering them from having that first encounter with Jesus. That's why the band practices, hopefully on their own during the week. But that's why they practice before service. So there's no distraction of them just hitting wrong notes all the time. That's why I prepare my sermon and I go over my sermon and, and, and I have all the notes and I have the scriptures and I have those ready. That's why we're so uh, intent on getting the kids' church set up. So when people come with their kids, they aren't worried about what is my kid doing? Is my kid safe up there? Is my kid, what's going to happen to my kid? No, 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 they're, they're having their first encounter with God. Right, Alexis? They're having their first encounter with God. The the teachers are preparing the lessons to teach them for their first encounter. And that's why we're having this Valentine's Day, this fundraiser, so that we can prepare the house and make it all nice for people to come and have the first encounter with God. And there be no distractions, nothing hindering them from them just lifting their hands and feeling the presence of God and having an encounter with Him. Mary has an encounter with Jesus. Another part of the story of Mary Magdalene, Mark chapter 15, verses 40 and 41. There were also women looking on from afar among who were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and the less and of Hosea and Salome and all those names. Verse 41, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. 
This is a story of Jesus on the cross. And Mary's there. His own disciples aren't there outside of John. All the other disciples have left. All the other men have run away. They're scared. They don't want to die. They don't want to be looped in with Jesus. They've denied him. They've done all these things. And Mary wants to have a first eye view of the love of Christ. The picture of humanity, of God and humanity reconnecting through Jesus on the cross. She has another encounter. And now, unlike us, she gets to see the fullness of God right there. She gets to see the love of God right there. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It is finished. He breathed his last right there. It's dark. There's earthquakes. The dead in Christ are rising right then and there. All these things are happening. And there's Mary, not wanting to miss the moment. She keeps returning to Jesus. She just keeps showing up to Jesus. I've got to have another encounter with him. I've got to have another intimate moment with him. I've got to know him in a way that I've never known him before, that anybody else has ever known him. And then the last encounter, John chapter 20, verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Mary follows Jesus after he's dead and sees where he's buried. And she's heartbroken that her Messiah, her Savior, this man who saved and changed her life forever is now dead. She says, you know what, I'm going to return to him one more time. Even in the darkest of places, even in the, the strongest emotional breakdown that she could have. She said, I'm going to return to my Savior where I know he last was one more time and I'm going to honor him and she shows up and the stone is rolled away. She says, they've taken him. Her heartbreak has multiplied. Somebody has taken him. He's gone. She's going through the gardener. And she thinks she sees the gardener. She's not even paying attention. She's so heartbroken. And she's looking to return to Jesus. Not knowing, the scripture says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And there's Jesus, who she thinks is the gardener, is standing there the whole time. And she says, if you know where my Savior's body is, please let me know. She's not paying attention or whatever. And then Jesus says her name, Mary. And all of a sudden, it all changes. It's Jesus. I know that voice. I know that presence. She falls down. She worships him and finds him again has a new understanding of his love, has a new understanding receiving the fullness of God, has this greater understanding of who he is as his mangled body with the holes in his hands and the stripes on his body are still there, the scars are still there, but he's in his glorified body now. And he says, go and tell the disciples I'm alive. She gets the opportunity to go and start the message of he's risen. He's risen. He once was dead, but now he's alive. And because he's alive, he's made me alive. And she knows now the fullness of God. She knows the love of God. And a woman whose testimony couldn't even be used in court, who wasn't even, the testimony of a woman wasn't even considered real, gets to go and declare that Jesus is alive and the new covenant has been released. She experienced the fullness of God. Now, verse 19, as I finish up, is toward the end of the prayer that Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus.
and he's praying for us. In Ephesians chapter 3, we'll jump back up to verse 16. Here's the prayer that he prays. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Let's stop right there. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. doesn't matter if you've been in church for five minutes, if you've been a deacon, if you've been on the choir, if you've been wherever. That all the saints get the opportunity. As soon as you say yes to Jesus, he says yes to you. As soon as you return to him, he draws near to you and he gives you everything that he has so that you can understand what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. Verse 19 leads us into our scripture for today. To know the love of God. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In 2024, I'm asking, if not even as your pastor, I'm begging you, return to God. Make it a priority to return to God this year. To know Him in a way that you've never known Him before. To have intimate moments with Him. Yes, you can have those on Sunday here in church, and I pray that you do, and we pray and believe that God's presence is here every Sunday. Yes, it can happen during Bible study, whether it's women's or men's Bible study. Yes, it can happen at the Valentine's Day meal as well. It can happen, but something happens when you take time out of your personal schedule, waking up in the morning, staying up late at night. For me, it's taking just a little bit longer in the shower, eyes closed, hands lifted, just saying, God... Come visit. Let's hang out. Let's have some time together. Driving to and from wherever you're going, return to him in 2024 and experience the love that he has for you. Amen? Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that your heart's desire is to have intimate moments with humanity. Father, it's your heart's desire to have intimate moments with us, with Press Church, on Sundays, in Bible studies, and different times that we come together. But God, it's ultimately your heart's desire to have intimate moments with each and every one of us. You know us by name. You knew us before we were even formed in the womb. You know the plan and the purpose that you have for us. You have the goals. You have the work. You have all the things but you want to know us. And Father, I ask you that we can know you more in 2024, a new revelation of who you are, that we may know the love of God. I might not understand it, but I'll try. I'm willing to, God. I want to know something that I've never known before. I want to experience you like I've never experienced you before. And returning to you. And like you told Peter, when you return... Strengthen the brethren. Father, use us to go out and strengthen the brethren, to tell people at work about how good God is, to tell people in the grocery stores, to tell people on social media, to tell our friends and family when we go to their houses, to tell them how good God is and how he wants to just cause their past to drip with abundance. He wants 2024 to be the best year that they've ever had, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in politics, no matter what happens in America, no matter what happens in, in different countries. 
All of those things can happen, but I ultimately first am a son of God, and you will provide, and you will take care of. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. So no matter what happens in the world, you're on my side, and I'm not a victim. I'm victorious because God is the victor in all things. Now, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you that you are calling them in 2024. You're calling them into a deeper place. Father, I thank you that their personal relationship with you is going to grow in 2024. I thank you that their marriage is going to grow in 2024. I thank you that their relationship with their kids, with their boss, with their families, I think you is going to grow because of the start of their relationship with you. Their life changes, their life improves because they tap in to the relationship with you first. Father, I pray scripture over them right now so that it'll be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. Father, I thank you they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now, and they're blessed in this new year that you're bringing them into. It says in the scriptures that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield. They have favor with God and with man. So everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ and that their body is the temple of the Most High God. And that by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed. Father, I thank you right now that we are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Like Abraham, we are blessed and we will be a blessing to everyone we come in contact with. Father, I thank you that we are atmosphere and room changers. It says in the scriptures that everywhere we go, we diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. And so, Father, when I walk into work on Monday morning, when I walk into my house, when I get into my car, when I go visit my friends and family, when I walk in there, I diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. I diffuse... Evil must leave, sin must leave, uh, worry must leave, anxiety must leave, depression must leave. Everywhere I go, because the Spirit is inside of me, changes to the glory of God. We diffuse and we kick out darkness because we bring light everywhere we go. So, Father, use us this week. Help us this week to minister to somebody somewhere in the world this week, Father. I ask you to bless your people, protect your people, and cause them to prosper in everything they do. Bring them back safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being here. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.